Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast is intended for a mature audience and has scenes of graphic violence. Hey everyone, welcome back to the For Blood or Justice podcast. My name is Scotty Weil. I am the director of uh, the podcast For Blood or Justice, or FBOJ as we call it. Um, I'm also one of the executive producers. I am here today with the creator and writer of For Blood or Justice, Mr. Todd Niss. Say hi, Todd. Hi, Todd. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Hi, everybody. And yes, the man who wrote such a dark piece does have a very good sense of humor. (laughs) (laughs) We are also here with the hero and one of the stars of FBOJ, the guy who played Cotton Delacroix, Mr. Kellen Lutz. Kellen Lutz, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing, Kellen? Man, this is so much fun to, to be here with you guys. You guys created a magical piece of material here. And just fun to voice Cotton and play with you guys. Well, we had a blast uh, that day when you came into the studio. And um, you, you came in loaded for bear, man. Oh. You had done your homework. I mean, as, as a fellow actor, <laughs> your homework was done. You were in the trenches already. And uh, as a director, man, I appreciated that. Well, and I loved you guys because it was one of my first real experiences doing just strictly voiceover work. And it's been a dream of mine for a while now. So when you guys came with the idea and I read about the character, man, I was just playing at home, getting ready for our session. And then when I showed up, you guys who are top of the litter you know you guys are all all stars you've done this millions of times with everyone that was there that i met um it was just an easy extremely fun experience well that's cool because uh you know it's such a funny funny show i mean it is hel- oh wait no it's not <laughs> <laughs> all right uh todd has created a very intense drama and those of you that are listening you know what i'm talking about um, and truth be told, as a as a director, I've only directed comedy, so this was uh, this was a really fascinating jump off a cliff for me. Um, uh, a stretch, you know, it was a big stretch to do such intense drama um, that basically is horror and noir mixed together. 
Uh, so that was, um, you know, that was a cool challenge. Um, and I, I, I come from, as an actor, I come from the voiceover world, which I've been uh, in that world for more than 20 years doing my thing. And you so. can tell with that smoldering <laughs> voice of yours. Well, uh, <clears throat> thank you very much. The most brilliant dramatic pieces, I feel like, are acted and directed by comedians. They just have so much to draw from. Thank you very much. I, I, I really, I really appreciate that. Um, you know, I, anytime that I've cast any of my friends who are comedians in, uh, more dramatic roles, you know, they've, they've killed it. They absolutely killed it. Yeah. Most, most comedians have pretty dark souls. <laughs> Not all of them, but a lot of them do. So I hear <laughs> Um, well, you've been busy, my friend. You, um, I believe, just wrapped the season for uh, your FBI show, FBI, FBI Most Wanted, uh, the Dick Wolf show. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We uh, This is season three, and we left season two with quite a cliffhanger, so I'm excited for the fans to see. We're actually doing this cross-board because we're introducing FBI International. International? That's cool. International. I wish... And hopefully, I get to go international. The first uh, three hours are going to be one giant movie that Whoa. FBI, FBI Most Wanted, and FBI International. So it's really cool, the universe that Dick Wolf creates and has created with our shows. Dick Wolf. Uh, Dick Wolf. I, I've heard of him. He's written a few things, hasn't he? <laughs> He's a legend. Oh, my God. Talk about prolific. Wow. Amazing. Uh, so I just uh, I want to let everyone know that Todd um, has been... Working on For Blood or Justice, uh, first of all, as a graphic novel, and now we've uh, got the podcast uh, version of it done. And you've been working on this thing for like tinkering for 10, 11 years. Is that right? Correct. I, I didn't know I was going to be on the hot seat here. Oh, you're on the hot seat. Just a, a, <laughs> a couple of softballs. Yeah, I came up with the idea. Actually, it was about 10 years ago and started writing it as a feature script, feature film script. And quickly realized that I was never going to be able to get such a big production made. Uh, it was probably going to be a trilogy, uh, if anything. And then so adapted in, into a graphic novel. And the graphic novel, after we met, and it became um, a podcast. Oh, the graphic novel. Uh, Kellen, I, now I know you have a copy of it. And uh, it's pretty damn cool, isn't it? Can I share a funny story? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm not sure. throwing my wife under the bus in any way. <laughs> I'm so blessed to be married to. But uh, we, we just recorded that as well, so we, we have that on tape. I love comics and graphic novels, and, and seeing that I was a part of this one to see the world that you guys created, I asked my wife when I came home, I was like, hey, have you did, did my graphic novel comment? And uh, she had no idea what I was talking about. She thought it was... Um, you know, really graphic-y and towards those lines, adult. Oh, you mean like um, more of a quote-unquote adult graphic novel. <laughs> so she's, she's looking at you like, um, what's going on here? Why do you have this graphic novel? <laughs> right? Yes, yes. And, and I said it, what do you mean you're graphic? And like a comic, a comic book, you know, it's a graphic novel. And she, she was like, oh, and it came in. And it, it was just, we had one of these moments where we just died laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that is so great. I love it. I love those moments, those, little, those, those private moments in, in relationships. Um, she, we just laughed. <laughs> oh, and, um, and thank you for sharing. 
and, and funny, funny enough, though, I always use the medical terms for things, <laughs> you know, like clavicle. I'm like, baby, I love your clavicle. Well, you know, to, to have a, a, a good clavicle is, you know, it's, it's something. It's such a classic moment between uh, two people who, who love each other and, you know, know everything about each other, have nothing but 100% trust for each other. And you're staring at each other and neither of you really knows what you are freaking saying here right no no and i'm super innocent with it she's like how could you be so innocent asking me what do you mean it's just a graphic novel <laughs> what kind of graphic <laughs> yeah where's my comic book that's what it is honey it's a comic oh, book oh the comic book <laughs> yeah it sounds much cooler to say graphic novel oh oh yeah no graphic novel so much cooler it is <laughs> it just is yeah it is <laughs> so um so what first drew you to, to this project, to For Blood or Justice? Um, I mean, I know we sent you a lot of our content. You know, we, we had the uh, digital version of the graphic novel. And um, I, I don't know. What, what drew you to playing Cotton de la Croix? Um, every year, and I've really loved how my manager, Ryan Daly, and I team up. We always have a good sit down or chat about what I wanted to do next in my career. And it's really great. I really encourage people to create goals for themselves, strive towards those. And as we all know, there's there's a lot of projects out there. And if you don't become like a sniper and know exactly what you want to do, you can't do everything. So you're going to waste your time doing something that, that maybe you've done before, that maybe doesn't challenge you. And then you don't get that high. I get that high of newness and, and challenging myself. So when I sat down with him and I said, you know, I really want to do some voiceover work. Much respect to any voice actor out there because it's, it's a lot of work. It's not just, oh, you're born with a cool voice. Maybe sometimes, like Danny Trejo, you know, mm-hmm. he has that nice gravelly voice. But uh, Danny's he's more of a growl, actually. <laughs> he just kind of has that growl in his voice. Especially in our, our show. Yeah, yeah. So I just really wanted, I, I got a great little quick course education from Scott and... I thought it would be really fun. So I, I wanted to work on my voice. I wanted to work on a project. And when you guys presented this for Blood or Justice to me, and I read the script, and, you know, especially with Cotton, he, he's, a, he's a Texas Ranger, and I'm really fitting for me being the hero as I love to play. And I just really loved, A, how random it was. And then the all-star cast that you guys had compiled already, it was a no-brainer. Uh, yeah, that that's cool. Thank you. Yeah, we were, man, we were blessed with an extraordinary cast. <laughs> and, um, you know, we kept saying at the beginning of every session uh, that, look, the bar is really high here. And um, I know I'm not going to let you walk away from that, Mike, until I get absolutely everything that we need from you and Cotton or, or whoever's recording uh, in that session. And then, and then we'll say goodbye. <laughs> I mean, there were, there's 65 speaking roles in this thing. And, uh, we recorded most of them from my home voiceover booth here over, um, over zoom during, um, lockdown. Um, so we, we, we really got everybody into the trenches and, um, that, notion of of the bar being high went to every single person that we worked with and i think that really helped don't you think so todd oh for sure yeah we kept saying oh that just raised the bar and then we did another one oh that just raised the bar even higher yeah oh yeah Yeah. um you had to 
Um, and, and, and we're going to play some of your, uh, your work uh, and the scenes uh, of Cotton in For Blood or Justice so people can get a, a, a taste for your, your really fantastic work here. Um, you had to go, and this is the first scene I think that we recorded, you had to go into a very, very intense, dark place um, as Cotton. And um, spoiler alert here for anyone who hasn't listened to it yet. Uh, there are some people close to Cotton that um, there's death and carnage. And you have to let out this this just gut-wrenching, emotional wail that comes from just the bottom of your soul. No. No. come from a, a very specific emotional place. And I'm curious, as an actor, as a fellow actor, uh, did you prepare for that? Or was that just kind of a instinctual, in the moment, um, listening to my direction and kind of where we were? Well, I mean, I, I'm very empathetic as a, as a human, and I, will, I like being able to bring that out in my acting roles that I do. So people, I really step into the characters and then I empathize with the loss that they have and being able to draw from that in a sensitive place and just let it all out on the table. Unfortunately, but yet fortunately done quite a few times in my acting career. And I know what that feels like. You can kind of get there pretty quickly when you understand the stakes and then you sort of personalize it with the character itself. Right, yeah. It's it's never something that I want to live in, and I and I remember if I can throw a little Twilight out there. Oh yeah, uh, Twilight away. I remember when I first read Twilight, I felt that sort of loss that Edward felt um, from other projects that I've been able to act in. But that was a continuous storyline for his character, and I don't like living in that sort of state. For a whole project, it's yeah. it wears on me and my spirit going to my normal life. So it's it's something that I, I definitely can do when it needs to be done. But I do lean towards more of the action hero, uh, comedic guy. Right, I choose to be. Um, so so yeah, I mean, hats off to Robert Pattinson being able to portray Edward. Oh yeah, agree. Uh, he he killed it. It's fun though when you can have different levels and layers to a character like we do with Cotton. Yeah, I mean, um, Cotton does have a, a, you know a lighter, more glib side to him, but he also he just he's dealing with so much emotional loss that's just in him uh, that propels not only Cotton but FBOJ 
forward. And uh, I, I think that gets to what you uh, just said. This is a, a much darker, uh, more intense project than you've, uh, that you've done in the past. So h- how was that for you? Again, I love challenging myself. So where I tend to have more comedic lines in projects, more fight scenes or guns or you know, car chase scenes, this was more deeper, like I, I mean, I, I lost these significant others. Episode one, it's if we get the chance and fingers crossed, we get to make this into a TV show, which we all would love to do. Would love to make it into a TV show. Uh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> let's make that happen. You know, that, that long journey that goes on with seeking revenge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he really is. Um, at that point, the character's Cotton's point, he is out for blood or justice. Yeah. And he just, he makes that decision of, you know what? Screw it. I'm, I'm going forward. I, I don't care what happens. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, speaking of the, the, the future television series, which we are all going to make this happen, damn it. <laughs> um specifically to the television and film actors i directed you guys and you'll probably remember this um more of in in an on-camera way uh like that scene we were talking about uh look you're you're on the road and you're in pain you just got shot this is a close-up and then the camera's going to go up into a crane shot and it's going to just keep going up and up and you're down there in just misery on the road with us watching you from up there. Um, did, did, did that kind of visualization, um, did that help you get more comfortable in front of the mic? Oh, one million percent. And that's what I, hats off to you for directing us in that way and me in that way. It is really helpful when you get to speak in terms that us actors who are doing this voiceover work are more used to and you get that visualization of seeing the camera go and, and going from an ECU close-up where it's just super intimate and then you're pulling away on that crane shot and you're able to to just see the vastness of the environment that you're you know so to speak in visually and it's just desolate desert you know it's just um you're able to act that out via voiceover a lot better with that direction so thank you cool cool thanks um you know we never got to talk about that after the session. Yeah. Todd and I talked about it, but you know, it's just Todd and I talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know you've listened to the show and, and thank you. I know you, you've been very complimentary. You really like the whole, uh, the whole thing. Do you have a, a favorite uh, uh, episode or scene um, that you're not in uh, that you uh, would like to share with everybody? The one that favorite scene, the one that really uh, hooked me because like the, the story, it's a bunch of different stories wrapped up into each other. And I really love that style um, to watch, to listen to when I listen to stuff. Um, but when I, I think the, the guys, Christina's like out, right? And that, that guy sees her and then she's crumbling away. Like she got cut into like puzzle pieces and visual. I forget the two characters that have uh, Christina's partner in the, in the, is it the trunk of the car. Yeah, mustache and sideburns. There you go. The nameless, yeah. Played by the always excellent Spencer Garrett and Jeffrey Blake. It's just like, what, where is the story going to go? Like, I wanted to know 
what the heck they were working on. Such a, such a vague yet intense scene. And that, that really hooked me. What part of this don't you understand? Uh, I'm just saying. We can't afford not to be air fucking tight. Like a submarine at crush depth fucking tight. One leak, and it's game over. Just let me go, please. Shut the fuck up. No, 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 no. Shut the fuck up, or I will peel your ears off and make you swallow them. Christina! And then was it a black, what's what's the Project Black? Oh, uh, the Black Dawn Project. Black Dawn, yeah. Black Dawn Project, sir. They're going to they're gonna take him down to level three. That hooked a few people I know. Like, what's on, what's on level three? What's going on on level three? <laughs> you got to wait and see. You know, and you hear Phil Lamar and Xander Berkeley and they're- Xander I worked with, actually. Oh, did you? Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. He's awesome. Oh, yeah. Xander is just a, a hell of an actor, as is Mr. Lamar, Mr. Phil Lamar. And they play, uh, you know, the general and um, and Agent Turner. And, you know, the, the, the growl that you get out of Xander. <laughs> it's a it's a good, badass, scary growl. Now, what's so goddamn important, Turner? We have a serious problem, General. It's about our operations south of the border, sir. The Black Dawn Project? None of these idiots in D.C. know anything about that. Someone left the barn door open. What the hell are you talking about, Turner? One of them got out, sir. I, I think we've wrapped it up here. Um, unless uh, you have any other thoughts on the project you'd like to throw out at us right now? I have a question, Todd. How did... How did so, I know you've been working on this for a while, but... Yeah. What what was the initial concept for you? Like, did you always have Danny Trejo's uh, character in mind for him? Man, those are all really good questions and things I, I think I've talked to Scott about before as well. But um, I can't remember the exact genesis of the project. I think it started with Cotton. Um, I was reading a lot of Elmore Leonard, um, James Lee Burke, so forth and just kind of these fringy characters people who were always kind of on the edges of the law whether they're wearing a badge or not uh and then this teaming up with yada who in the in the graphic novel is deaf and takes on this job as a stripper because it's the only and best way to make money and kind of them teaming up and a, a, a small side note about me is that i did work with the wwf for a brief time, a long time ago, and did go to Mexico City uh, to work for a weekend with the uh, Lucha Libre. I did not know that, Todd. <laughs> that is very cool. I don't know. It's just always kind of there. And I used to, I know this is a long-winded answer, but I used to read Fangoria, which was a, a horror mag back in the day. Anybody who listens who grew up in the 80s uh, and Fangoria. watched horror Fangoria, and for a while they really got into Lucha, uh, Luchador movies and Santo. Uh, I don't know, so it just kind of came up, and um, that was kind of the genesis of it. And then, yeah, the multi-genres. I just feel like there was a point when I thought, no one could, I don't want a project where somebody can tell me this has been done or that's been done. I've read this, I've read that. And I felt the only way to do that was to mash things up. And 
growing up, I loved like Dirty Harry and Death Wish and the French Connection and Steve McQueen movies. Such good stuff. And then Three Days of the Condor and Marathon Man, all the kind of spy stuff going on. And then you put that together with like Dawn of the Dead and you've got this kind of crazy mashup. And I just, uh, I kind of went with it. And um, yeah, did I forget something in there? Part of the question? I no, think I, was... I think you covered it. Uh, Kellen, we, we let him ramble, I think, long enough, don't you think? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. This is about you guys. This is about Kellen, not about me. So, <laughs> no, 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 no. That was, it was, it was great. It gave, uh, I mean, Kellen, I think it gave everyone who hasn't or has listened uh, to For Blood or Justice uh, some backstory and some coloring into the project. And uh, yeah, no, it was cool. You haven't seen this. You haven't read this. You haven't heard this. This is something different. Yeah. And we're also doing uh, this mashup um, and where we're taking, and Kellen, I can't remember if we've sent this to you, if you've seen it or listened to it. We're taking the audio from the podcast, the finished mixed audio of the podcast, and then we're mashing it up with the art from the graphic novel. And it's it's super cool and ethereal, and um, I haven't seen anything like it out there. That, that's, that's really cool. Is that because yeah. I just saw number episode seven came out, which was like five minutes long. Oh, yeah. Well, that um, that's different. That is the monster. Yeah, the monster. Um, yeah. Danny Trejo plays El Sangre del Diablo in For Blood or Justice, and he is this aging Mexican, like greatest luchador and movie star in Mexico the, of the uh, 50s and 60s, and now it's the 70s, and he's kind of at the uh, downhill, and he's making appearances in strip clubs, and uh, in a lot of the scenes, you'll hear this luchador movie in the background. Curses to you, El Sangre del Diablo. You shall not survive this day. <laughs> Nonsense. El Sangre del Diablo is indestructible. Which becomes... It's the through line. Yeah, yeah the, the through line, the connector uh, for everything else. Um, so, like in episode one, you've got the, the border agent, border agent Walter, played by Scott Parkin, and he's out there in the middle of nowhere looking at desert. And you hear this luchador movie, The Monster, in the background. So as the, the connector and through line, we thought it would be cool to actually record that and have that as an extra episode, The Monster. And it's, uh, you know, it's fun because it's, it's, uh, it's a luchador movie. So it's, it's a whole different tone than the rest of the podcast. You know, it's, it's, it's a bit hokey and fun and... It stars Danny Trejo and then the equally amazing uh, journalist Corchado, who plays also plays Yada, and she she plays the heroine in this. And then the bad guy is, is Gabriel Romero, who's just he's so good. He plays a couple roles for us. He plays a thug here in The Monster, and then he plays this ruthless soldier on the bus. Um, and then on top of that, uh, Todd found this spectacularly talented young artist right out of art school who is animating the monster for us in the vibe of there's um, an old video by the band Aha. Uh, and the name of the video was... Um, take On Me. Take On Me. Take Me On. Yeah. yeah. Take On Me. Take On Me. 
It's it's a classic. You have to check it out if you haven't. Um, but she's animating it in in that vibe, and that's going to be done. In, uh, I don't know, Todd, uh, next month or so. Yeah, hopefully, it's a lot of work. A lot of work. It's a lot of work. Um, but uh, so we just kind of keep creating more content for this thing and slowly building our fan base, and that will help us turn this into a television series. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, out there, would you please, if you're not driving, put your hands together. Yeah, thanks, Kellen. Let's put a uh, hands together for Mr. Kellen Lutz. This has been a blast talking with you. Great conversation. Thank you for your time, sir. Yeah. And we look forward to watching where this thing goes, and we really look forward to also watching where your career's going because you're killing it. Uh, I've got FBI Most Wanted. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Kellen Lutz, thanks, man. It was great talking with you. All right, talk soon. All right, Kellen. Thanks again. Thank you, everybody, and look forward to more interviews with our cast in the days ahead. The creators of For Blood or Justice would like to sincerely thank you for listening. We're independent film and podcast makers. So if you liked what you heard, we ask that you please tell a friend, family member, or co-worker about the show. And give us a positive review on your favorite podcast platform. For seriously killer artwork and animation, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. And if you'd like to take a deeper dive into the wild world of For Blood or Justice, please go to our website, where you can discover more about the cast, the creators, and, a special note, download the first issues of the For Blood or Justice graphic novel, all at no charge. Thanks again for listening. Keep it cool. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... 
Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.